Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Good Monday to you all. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oney, alongside you on this Monday edition of Critical Thinking. We are... On the eve of Election Tuesday, uh, people across this country are going to be casting votes for governorships, for congresspeople, for some cases in the Senate, um, local races, important ballot measures all across this country. That includes Amendment 1 here in Chicago, in well, in Illinois. Please, for the love of all things holy, vote no on that amendment. Uh, if you don't understand that giving public workers unions carte blanche is going to be bad for your pocketbook, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. If you don't understand that um, having them being able to basically dictate political positions and policy to the politicians is bad, I don't know what else I can do. And for the love of all things holy, do not vote for Evan McMuffin in Utah. Yeah, uh, though I, I I have it on a few different sources now that uh, Mike Lee should be winning by double digits. Oh, you mean the the blue scare of August and September is it wasn't true? What do you know? Uh, gee, you think? No, I mean, could lightning strike? I guess twice in the uh, same spot. We'll see tomorrow. That ain't happening. Mm. Now, a little birdie has told me, um, and I can tell this because when I paid attention to the games on Sunday here on local TV for the NFL, um, 
that that this seemed to actually be in play. Um, what we had seen prior to the last week or so, Pat, was a lack of Darren Bailey commercials here in Illinois, uh, running uh-huh. for governor against Fred Flintstone himself. And over the past week, we have seen a massive ad buy for not just Darren Bailey's campaign here in the Chicago uh, Metro TV market, but also some of the PACs and some of the um, super groups, if you will, that are supporting him. So much so that J.P. Pritzker has spent most of his time not talking about himself in his campaign ads, but having people attack Darren Bailey as um, not for doesn't stand for Illinois, which is an interesting campaign strategy. And we're going to get into this in a little bit here because I have a very, very simple question. Is this the dumbest closing argument by a political party in the history of this country, Pat, by the Democrats? Because I I am failing to understand it's one thing if you know that you're going to lose and you mail it in, right? Okay. It's one thing if you know that you're going to lose, but you try hard. It is a wholly different thing when you know you're going to get your ass kicked and you literally decide to kick your own ass. I, I don't understand what's been going on. We're going to go through the closing arguments. But here in Illinois, the reason I brought up Darren Bailey, the ad spend, and I and I brought up uh, Fred Flintstone and his acolytes just going balls to the wall against Darren Bailey, if this was a safe Democrat seat, Pat, if this was a safe Democratic governorship, and I'm not saying that Darren Bailey is going to necessarily win, okay? I'm not saying that because I don't necessarily believe that to be true. But my little birdies in the political spheres here told me a month ago to watch what happens late in this race, because if J.B. Pritzker is taking out ads against Darren Bailey and and making a case against him, he's worried. Um, And if Darren Bailey is taking out ads that are positive, that are interesting here in Chicago a week out of the election, He thinks he has a chance. So when I talk about the worst closing argument of all time, Pat, I suggest that it is because this is exactly what's happening right now. Darren Bailey is taking out massive ad buys. So is his, um, so are his accolades, the PACs and all that, that support him. J.B. Pritzker has attempted to paint this picture of Darren Bailey as like somehow if you don't agree with abortion and um, Amendment 1, you're anti-Illinoisan. It's a very interesting argument because Chicago isn't Illinois, but Illinois is Chicago, if you catch my drift, right? Um. A lot of this state is not where Chicago is politically, but this state is run by Chicago. 
gonna say if, if you take Chicago out of the rest of Illinois, Illinois would actually be a um, a red state, or, or like a, I a mean, fairly conservative state, would it not? You got Peoria. You've got some other areas and pockets of this of the state, but you're gonna have sure. that anywhere, right? It's just right, like Wisconsin. You've got Madison. You've got Milwaukee. Appleton is a little more liberal, um, but it can tend to be like a, you know. 53 47 type of a deal um rather than like a 70 right. 30 um yeah so i get your point right so the state would by and large be a a redder state it, it, the chances of one party rule in this state wouldn't wouldn't be very great at least you would see kind of a mix right um yeah so one week out, that's what we're seeing here. One day out, two days out, 48 hours. I get some ad spend, but if you are Darren Bailey and you know your ass is going to get kicked, are you spending all that money? No. No. You're not here. Hell no. You spend that money in the places you need to spend that money in. So mm. what that what does that tell me? It tells me that both sides are seeing internal polling. Both sides are seeing some issues with the demographics, if you will, of how this election is going to turn out. And I talked about this before, Pat, right? Turnout is going to be huge in certain places. I don't see a lot of people being motivated in Illinois to vote, especially either. not in Chicago. I really don't, I don't see either. it because we have a much bigger internal election coming up in, in uh, February of 2023. And that is the first uh, uh, wave of the election for um for our mayor and um beetlejuice ain't it right so we'll see what ends up going on there but i think a lot of people are more focused on that than they are on what's going to happen in springfield illinois um so with that being said my point in bringing this all the way tying that bow and bringing it together is that if democrats are worried about losing illinois Uh oh, spaghettio! They're they're in trouble. They're in some serious trouble. Even if this ends up being JB Pritzker wins, but he only wins by four or five points, let's say. Uh oh, this this should have been the safest of safe seats, but he continues to bring these stupid things up. The things that remind people of how radical. G.B. Pritzker is. He is for abortion on demand. And so I wrote these things down, Pat, um, over the course of the past 24 hours. What are the closing arguments being made? And the first thing that that we know of is the abortion argument, right? Right. Less than 13% of the Democratic electorate, Pat, less than 13% of the Democratic electorate thinks this is a top issue. Yet, at every speech, at every around every corner, um, ad after ad after ad, we're seeing them make this case about the extreme Republicans who want to ban abortion, and you must vote Democrat in order for what? All of this does is remind people where the Democratic Party exists on abortion because. When you press the issue, it's abortion forevs, 
for everyone all the time up until they're out of the birth canal. And some people, some, not all, in fact, I would suggest it's a vast minority, but there are some who won't even tell you that you can't within the first 24, 48 hours kill that baby if you wanted to. That that's how extreme be well, Pat, because what if that baby has a deformity? What if that baby has this or that, right? It's insane. So that's part and parcel of their closing argument. Abortion. That only 13% of their own their own voter base is motivated about. That's my point here. Okay. The second thing that they've been harping on has been what, Pat? in their closing arguments. Political violence. Uh, I was going to say, it was going to have to something to do with the elections and political violence, so be that. Right. Political violence, and and it's because of the extreme rhetoric of the mega MAGA crowd and their refusal to accept election results and conspiracy theories surrounding stolen elections and blah, 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 right? Right. Um, this weekend, Pat, there's video that emerged from a campaign rally somewhere. I forget where um, off the top of my head. But there was a campaign rally in which a black Republican woman uh, got into a spat with a white liberal male. Okay. A verbal spat. The police had to apparently intervene because he tried to get physical. But we have video and um, still photography of this man attempting to choke her. Political violence is wrong, Pat, right? But it's the uh-huh. mega MAGA Republicans. And look, I'm not a MAGA guy. I just never have been. But they're the ones that are in that are uh, fomenting political violence and committing political violence, right? Right. We have a white man choking a black woman who happens to be Republican at a rally. Meanwhile, in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Did you know that um, a suspicious package with white powder in it was delivered to or dropped off at Carrie Lake's campaign headquarters in Phoenix over the weekend. I, I did know that, yes. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pat. Would that be political violence? Y- yes, it would. Yes, it would. Do we know who did it? No. No, we don't. Are the chances greater than 90% that this was a leftist whack nut? Yes. Okay. Because Carrie Lake... W- what right wing nut job would wouldn't support kind of where she is, if you will, right? Right. Like she right. she she represents the conservative of conservative. Okay. Right. There there's not a thing that she wouldn't necessarily be in lockstep when it comes to mainstream conservative or mainstream MAGA, if you will, um, viewpoints. Because I can't even say conservative viewpoints because what what's conservative today? But. <clears throat> We also then are reminded of what? The attack on Paul Pelosi, which gets stranger and stranger by the minute. 
the the story that is being told to us, right, continues to get stranger and stranger by the moment. But what we do know is whomever, however, whatever went actually down in this incident, it was a radical communist sympathizer who was attempting to go after. Correct me if I'm wrong, but communism is not right wing. Uh, you would be correct. It's kind of like ultra left wing. You'd also would be correct. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they continue to make the argument on abortion, <clears throat> highlighting a thing that people don't care about when it comes to this election, right? <coughs> and then they want to pee on your leg and tell you it's raining, thinking that that people in America, um, it, they're just gonna they're gonna go to the polls for the Dems because of that stupid right wing political violence. Yet over the course of the last week, the only political violence that's ever been committed. The only political violence committed has come from the left. Not once, not twice, but three times. A lady. What's well, a lady, right? The third part of this, Pat. The third part of their closing argument is what? The environment, right? It is, it is um, the Green New Deal. That whole argument around we're going to protect the planet. And we're going to make sure that, you know, we're leading with energy independence for Americans vis-a-vis, -vis, oh, shit, we don't actually produce any of the things that make the things that make the energy. And, oh, shit, they aren't renewable resources, right? Now, right. set all of that aside, right? This is the argument that the president of the United States of America attempted to make this weekend. No more drilling. There is no more drilling. I haven't formed any new new drilling. No, I. That was before I was president. We're trying to work on that. Get that done. Thank you, Mr. Padoni. Um, your thoughts on that? So, no more drilling. Um, don't we still have a problem with gas prices in America? Oh, Pat, don't we still have a problem with way energy down. Way down, Pat. Don't you know that? The uh, most common price at gas stations is three nineteen a gallon. No, it's not. That's bullcrap. It is not even close to that. Well, we were told the average gas price was three eighty nine or three ninety one. I think just a couple of weeks ago, right? So it, we're definitely it, making it, progress. Mean, if we if we've gone down nearly a dollar a gallon here, that's that's some progress, right? No, it's not. It is not. I am so sick and tired of people saying that that's progress. If you were still up from what a year ago, two years ago, we're still paying more in gas prices than we were um, pre pandemic. Hmm. So, no, we have not saved. 
We have maybe if you want to compare it to a year ago, okay, fine. You could say that technically speaking, but overall, no, no, we're still paying more in the last two years than what we were doing pre-pandemic. There, there's no that is a BS argument, and I'm so sick of it. There's also another part that's BS of this argument, Pat. Which is did you notice I used two different terms? I said the most common gas price was three nineteen a gallon. Oh, most common, and then you, you use the average, right? Right, right. Do you mm-hmm. see the problem with that? Uh, they mean two different things. Yes, because um, the most common gas price, as opposed to the average gas price, they're two different things. You see, mm-hmm. the average gas price in America is just three dollars and eighty cents a gallon, as of ah, the sixth yeah, of November. Okay. Mm-hmm. As of yesterday, it was three eighty a gallon, the average gas price. Guess what? That's come down nine cents, maybe, maybe oh. eleven cents, whatever. Um, the most common gas price is the mode gas price. They're two different things. You might ask what the hell the mode gas price is. Yeah, that was gonna be my next question. Well, you see, what it does is it eliminates those that have the high gas rates. It takes them out of the equation. Oh. You see where I'm going, Pat? Yeah. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. you get to adjust the narrative when you do that. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, in case anyone's wondering, it's uh, still... I think as of the other day, four oh nine a gallon here in um, Lehigh, Utah, and that's for just your basic. Also, Pat, the average gas price last year in America, uh huh, three dollars and twenty cents. So, what kind of progress yeah. have we been making? It, we have It's funny, Pat, because I believe it was last just last week we had talked about the actual closing argument that they should be making. And it is that we are making progress, that there is a positive light at the end of the tunnel. We have more work to do, right? And that positivity is surrounding economic numbers that are relatively good, a low unemployment rate. We have increased GDP. And there's a third one. I forgot off the top of my head what it is. Do you remember that one? So it was an increase in GDP. It was an increase in... Um, oh, it was an increase in the real wage. Yeah. That was outpacing inflation. All three of those things are necessarily positive for the economy. Are they making that case to the American people today, Pat? No, they are not. They Is are that not a even, unified not even... message from the Democrats anywhere in this country? No. Not at all. That's the message you should be screaming from the high heavens. Is that while we are still in the beginning stages, because the consumer feels the consumer confidence, if you will, is lagging by three to four, if not sometimes six months, as to where the economy actually is or isn't, okay? How do you boost that confidence 
you tell them those positive economic numbers and give them a vision of what this can look like in four to six months if you keep us in power, right? That's how you politically win this. But they have gone down the road of no more drilling while people are feeling the pain at the pump, right? Here in Illinois, you know, I've talked about this. They tied the gas tax to the consumer price index. So any increase in the gas tax is tied to that. Well, what what happens in inflation, right? That was the argument to not do this, right? That was three years ago, by the way, when that happened. Nobody saw this coming three years ago, right? Except for everybody who made the argument that what happens in an inflationary period when the consumer price index goes through the roof. So you're reminding people of the high gas prices. You're reminding people of your pro-abortion, extreme pro-abortion stance, because the vast majority, by the way, of Americans tend to be on the, we should ban abortion with the cases of rape or incest um, excluded and after 15 weeks. That's where the vast majority of people are. Now, I've readily admitted that my position, the position of the Catholic Church, is not in the mainstream. But the position of the Catholic Church is, no, no, human life is human life, and it doesn't matter how it was conceived, necessarily. It matters that it's a human life. We don't get to destroy God's creation just because of something that was wrong that created that. A life is a life, and a life has meaning. All life has meaning, from birth to death. That's the position of the Catholic Church. Is that in the necessarily mainstream? Not necessarily. The position of the Catholic Church on contraceptives? Not necessarily in the mainstream. The position of the Catholic Church when it comes to in vitro fertilization and adoption instead of natural birth? They don't. They don't dissuade abortion or no, dissuade abortion, dissuade adoption. That's for sure. But adoption instead of natural childbirth um with the exception of like physically cannot have kids right the mm. i'm just going to adopt because i don't want to have that that that's their no you don't get to do that position are those things in the mainstream of today's society no and but there's a recognition on my part that i don't exist in the mainstream i am the counterculture today. That's okay with me. But the the Democrats don't believe that of themselves. Now, we talked about political violence as the third argument, Pat. Whoops on that one, right? Right. How about um, black men be so dumb? Because that's what we're told by Stacey Abrams in Georgia. So, so, so you be racist? No, 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 uh, not me. I didn't say oh, that. And I, I mean, you specifically, but, but yes. Stacey Abrams says this as her closing argument and excuse for why she's going to get her ass handed to her by Brian Kemp. And I do not believe it's because of a deep well of enthusiasm for my opponent. 
We know that black voters are often discounted. And unfortunately, this year, black men have been a very targeted population for misinformation, not misinformation about what they want, but about why they want what they deserve. And my campaign has been the only one that has very intentionally, thoughtfully, and consistently reached out. That has been misconstrued as concern when it indeed it's just respect. I'm <laughs> so they're too stupid. Uh, like, are you really making the closing argument that um, that she's losing black men and black support or that they're just not coming out to vote on her behalf because they can't see through misinformation? Basically, they're just too dumb to recognize that they need to vote for me. That's your closing. Is she racist? Mm -hmm. Wait, wait, what? Is she racist? Is she racist? This is them saying the loud part out loud. Like they've been Uh making this argument for the better part of 20 years, at least how I hear it. Right. I'm not saying that's how other people hear it. But is that the is that the closing argument that you have? You know, I there's a reason I'm going to lose, and it's because black people are too stupid, especially those black men. They're too stupid to not vote for me. They're too stupid. And they're just being led astray. Um what? Say say what? Like she's saying, they they because they're black, they can't think for themselves. Correct is like what that's, that's pretty much what she just said. That's how I heard it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've got abortion front and center, right? Let's make sure that our our extreme position on abortion is front and center. Let's make sure that we make the case um, while people are feeling the pain at the pump and elsewhere in their economic lives that uh, we're doing really good there. We're and oh by the way, we're not going to drill anymore. Um Oh, and then Pat, I forgot about this part of this. Do you remember um this weekend? Um at an event in Carlsbad, California where <clears throat> Joe Biden said, quote, I was in Massachusetts about a month ago on the site of the largest old coal plant in America. Guess what? It cost them too much money. No one is building new coal plants because they can't rely on it, even if they have all the coal guaranteed for the rest of the existence of the plant. So it's going to become a wind generation. And all they're doing is it's going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line that they transmitted the coal-fired electric on. We're going to be shutting these plants down all across America and having wind and solar power. So while you're making the case about uh, the the gas prices being progressively lower, right? While you're you're peeing on everybody's leg and telling them it's raining uh, when it comes to gas prices, you're also telling Americans uh, in West Virginia, in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, that, um, oh, by the way, we're going to eliminate coal. 
Um, <clears throat> Senator Joe Manchin, uh, Democrat of West Virginia and chairman of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, responded to Biden's remarks by calling them, quote unquote, outrageous and divorced from reality. <laughs> quote, comments like these are the reason the American people are losing trust in President Biden and instead believes he does not understand the need to have an all in energy policy that would keep our na nation totally energy independent and secure. Let me be clear. This is something the president has never said to me. And, and Manchin is right. I personally have been a long-term advocate of an all-in energy policy, of a all of the above. We have to, can we reduce our level of, of reliance on non-clean energies? Yes. Yes. Okay. But there's a way in which we can do that. We can find renewable and reliable sources of energy. Wind and solar are not renewable. They are not reliable sources of energy yet. Could we get there down the road? Potentially. And why do I say they're not renewable? Because the goods used to produce them are not recyclable and renewable. Okay, so if you get that solar panel, it's going to last you seven to ten years. Right. Then it goes to a landfill in which it um, needs special treatment, right? Right. Okay. So we got that. Then they're going to tell us that uh, we have to re no more coal plants, no more oil, by the way. We're going to he's working as fast as he can to eliminate the oil leases that were already granted prior to him. Right. We're going to wrap those suckers up so that we can't produce more oil at home. How in the hell are we supposed to be energy independent if we don't produce own, our own oil? We're going to rely totally on solar and, and, and wind energy in this country while also saying we are never going nuclear. The only reliable, environmentally conscious source of energy, Pat, that we know of today, today, is nuclear. It is as safe as safe can get when it comes to production. Does it have some disastrous consequences or could it have disastrous consequences if something were to insanely happen? Absolutely. But guess what would happen if you tried to sabotage a natural gas production facility? Disaster. Disaster. What yeah. would happen at a coal plant? What would yeah, you know, we could go down the list, right? What would happen at a a, a solar production plant? Disaster. Yeah. Disaster. Because it turns out these things that produce energy are highly <clears throat> flammable and highly toxic. All of it. Yes, that's right. Even your solar and your wind. If you were to strike a wind turbine down. <laughs> the issues you would have are astronomical, not to mention the physical issues of where the hell this thing lands, right? But also the the things that are used to create the turbines, the the thing, the material, right, to produce all these things. Okay. So we, we could talk all about that. All of them have their risks. The only one that has the greatest reward out of all of these, if I'm picking one thing that we're going in all in on in America, it would be nuclear energy. Because, yes, 
Previously, from like the 1950s to the 1970s, those types of plants, those do need to be decommissioned. Okay. But we need to build new ones because new technology and the new safety regulations and the not even regulations, but the new um, technologies that are around nuclear production make it so safe, make it so rare for issues to have happened that we can provide energy at such a low cost and a low entry barrier to everyone. It's insane. Then what you can do, right, Pat, to do an all-in strategy here, what you can do is then sprinkle in natural gas, sprinkle in um, fracking, right? Sprinkle in increases in solar and wind technologies until they're at a level that's reliable. Then you can unleash three, four, five, six different avenues of energy production that rely less and less on other people and more and more on ourselves. But the Biden administration, Pat, had to walk this back, had to walk back the, ha, 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 ha see, we're going to eliminate coal. Quote from the statement, President Biden knows the men and women of coal country built this nation. They powered its steel mills and factories, kept its homes and schools and offices warm. They made this the most productive and powerful nation on earth. He came to the White House to end years of big words, but little action to help the coal producing parts of the country. Working closely with Senator Manchin, a tireless advocate for his state and the hardworking men and women who live there, President Biden has helped get this part of the country back to work. The unemployment rate in Virginia, uh, West Virginia was 6.2% the last month before Biden took office. Now it's down to 4%. Now the president's plans are already bringing new energy and manufacturing jobs to the region. And in the years ahead, we will continue to create new jobs with projects like hydrogen energy generation. In fact, through the Working Group on Coal and Power Plant Communities, President Biden has already delivered more than $23 billion to energy communities across the country. The president's remarks yesterday have been twisted to suggest a meaning that was not intended. He regrets if anyone hearing these re remarks took offense. What are we supposed to believe he was saying, Pat? Well, <clears throat> Corinne Jean-Pierre and the White House press morons <clears throat> continue saying the president was commenting on a fact of economics and technology. As it has been from its earliest days as an energy superpower, America is once again in the midst of an energy transition. Our goal as a nation is to combat climate change and increase our energy security by producing clean and efficient American energy. Except for the most clean and efficient <clears throat> nuclear. Under President Biden, oil and natural gas production has increased and we're on track to hit the highest production in our country's history next year. He is determined to make sure that this transition helps all Americans in all parts of the country with more jobs and better opportunities. It's a commitment he has advanced since day one. No one will be left behind. He regrets anyone hearing these remarks taking offense. No, he actually meant what he said. That's basically what they say. No, no, no. He actually meant what he said. It's just that we don't. Oh, bleep. You guys figured it out. Again, all of this within the closing argument of the election, right? Yep. And then we come to my favorite, stop denying elections. Um, we just had a president get up in front of the American people and give a speech last week 
on top of a speech from a few months ago, Pat, in which, yes, we already talked about the political violence and he made that speech not once but twice. But inside both of those speeches was also what? Stop with the election denial and these people right. denying the election and they're already ra ramping up to deny the, the results of the 2022 and soon to be 2024 elections, right? Right. <clears throat> From Indiana, Pat. <laughs> A election poll worker working early voting in the state was arrested and charged with crimes this weekend for doing what? What 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 would you suggest this person did? Um I don't know, did did did, did he commit some sort of act of uh, political violence? Oh no no no, and it's also not yeah. a he, it's a she. A she, okay. <clears throat> Just wait for this, Pat. Uh. She, uh huh. I, I, I can't stop laughing at this. Uh huh. She, uh huh. Pre-filled out straight Democratic Party voting oh. um, ballots uh -huh. to hand to people for early voting. Is that bad? Oh, it gets worse. Oh, okay. And for those who would reject her hand-delivered, already pre-selected, wink-wink, vote Democrat ballots, she would stump for the Democrats at the polling place. Is that bad? You have committed not one, but two felonies. <laughs> Every single time you did this, by the way. Every one of them, every single one of them is an individually chargeable election federal offense. Is that bad? Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Remember how we, we were talking about how um, you, you shouldn't deny, nor should you be engaged in, and then also there's no such thing as stealing the election. The Democrats don't steal elections. The only people who steal elections are the Republicans um, because they... They want to suppress the vote, right? And da 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 da, right? Literally in the state of Indiana, <laughs> we have a Democrat attempting not in not in Indianapolis, by the way, somewhere in the northern part of the state, like north northeastern part of the state, I believe. Um, if I got my geography correct, um, but it's definitely in the northern part of the state. <clears throat> attempting and doing exactly what people are afraid of happening, right? Stuffing, attempting to stuff the ballot box for one party. By the way, if, if this was a Republican doing this, you're wrong. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. In fact, you go straight to federal pound me in the ass prison. That's where you belong. It's wrong. This is the erosion of our republic in our democratic process within the republic. When, when the, the Democrats talk about democracy, democracy is the action of voting. 
right? Right. That's what it is in our republic. It is the act of voting. So the only people I see right now subverting the democracy in America is the left. Could there be cases in which the the Republicans are engaged in some of this stuff? Yes. Uh, You saw the federal judge kind of in Arizona have some issues with the potential for uh, poll workers or poll watchers from a radical right-wing group in Arizona, right? Where they, he gave a restraining order, basically saying like, no, you guys don't know. I can't trust you type of a deal. Okay. That that's right and proper. If, if you can't trust that they're not going to do something illegal, they shouldn't be anywhere near the polls. Now, I don't know about you, Pat. Have you ever volunteered? Have you ever done any work at the physical polls? No, I've never I've never done that, no. Okay. Um, so in every election that I was home for in Green Bay, um, when I was eligible to do this, I did this. I did this as part of our uh, civics organization in high school as well. We did poll watching and, and we did poll volunteering. It's a very serious thing. Like it, there are cops there. You know, usually there's security there. There's you know a lot of stuff going on that the average person may not even notice. It is a very serious thing to subvert that by suggesting one way or the other to vote is gross, and then. I believe it was in Hamilton County, by the way, pre-selecting Democratic candidates and then pressuring voters to cast ballots for very specific candidates is a gross perversion of what is democracy, right? The Democrats talk all the time about protecting our democracy. This is it. And yet, yes, is this one case? Sure. But I guarantee you, if it's happening here, it's happening elsewhere. This is electioneering, okay? This is gross. This is awful. This is terrible. This is Zuckerbucks, but in a worse way. Because this is literally taking my vote away from me. This is taking my democratic process, my action in democracy, away from me. And everybody should be against this. Have you heard the Dems condone this? Nope. They want to talk about stop the steal, right? And they want to talk about how the Republicans are attempting to frame this as a stolen election. The Republicans, you are literally giving them all the ammo in the world to suggest this. When in a state like Indiana, you're doing this? What are you doing in Philadelphia in which you're barring most people from being able to to see this. What are you doing in Atlanta? What are you doing? The suspicion is the problem. And, the, and you're not helping your case when these things happen. Now, I'm glad that this person was caught. But Pat, I'm telling you, as somebody who did poll watching, it's a very difficult job. It's a very important thing because... If there's one thing that goes wrong in the chain of custody, my vote doesn't count anymore. Potentially, right? 
how how do I trust that my vote didn't get stolen in one way or another, either not counting or counting, but they counted wrong. Um, you know, the, the certain things aren't matching up. Technology went haywire, da, 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 right? How, how do we not know that? And I've been a long-term advocate of what, Pat? UK-style voting in these types of elections, in all of our elections. Everything goes to a central location, location counted on election night, and you don't stop until the count is done. And you have people watching the people, right, counting the vote. It's just that simple. It is. And, and you could you could say, okay, I'm going to feed it through a machine so that it eliminates human error. That's fine. But we have to be able to watch that. We have to know that my vote goes from the ballot box sealed up to the central location. Then we can verify that that was unsealed at that central location. And we can watch it all the way through the process until uh, until that gets to the machine and is fed in and we get the results. That's how it happens in the UK. Yet we we can never do that. We might, they're telling us already in Pennsylvania, Pat, right? No conspiracy theory, right? That they're already warning us that it might take them days to get through all this. Why? We have every piece of technology, every hire people to do this, right? Hire those that are unemployed. There you go. You're going to get a job doing the uh, doing the ballot counts. There you go. You're going to get paid a living wage for a day or two. Would they not take that? Well, some of them wouldn't because, uh-oh, my unemployment benefits. It wouldn't affect your unemployment benefit. I, I just... Again, fair and square elections, except for don't look at Hamilton County in Indiana and elsewhere. Political violence, except for don't look at that Paul Pelosi situation. Don't look at Carrie Lake having to have her uh, election headquarters abandoned and cordoned off for potential bomb or foreign substances. And oh, by the way, we we definitely don't want to talk about that white dude choking out a black woman who dared to not think like a black woman should. Oh, also black men are too stupid. Oh, also no more oil, uh, no coal plants and screw y'all. And oh, by the way, we're lying about gas prices. Well, we're not really lying about them. We're just changing which metric we're going to use. Right. Which is, which is a common tactic. Uh, we see this with politicians all the time, but they're literally, I feel like the entire closing argument for the Democratic Party is we're peeing on your leg and tell you, telling you it's raining. Uh, that's what it feels while like. While also giving you the finger. Yeah, while also yeah. giving you the finger. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or or putting that finger somewhere that you don't like it. Right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, again, I'm trying to come from a critical thinking perspective. My critical thinking skills literally two weeks ago, Pat, gave them their closing argument. You have all of the 
positive economic news that you could want to make that argument, and you are choosing this. You are the dumbest group of politicians I have ever laid eyes on. Ever. The dumbest. Speaking of dumb, uh, we're going we're gonna to skip the B or not the B today, Pat. Um, but speaking of dumb, we got to talk about um, Mr. MAGA himself, Donald John Trump. Over the weekend, beginning, uh, was he campaigning in Pennsylvania? I, I don't remember where he was at, but he, he was, was holding a rally somewhere. Yeah, holding a rally. Over the weekend, three days out of an election. And he unveiled a nickname for Ron DeSantis, a.k.a. Ron DeSanctimonious. What a very sanctimonious nickname. <laughs> See what you did there, Pat. <laughs> um, I have all sorts of questions and a, a couple of thoughts on this, but in what world does this make sense? It, especially right now, by the way, why would you do this now? Right before the midterm election. See, right I'm not as so worried about this, Pat. See, I'm not so worried about this because is somebody going to be dissuaded from voting for Ron DeSantis because. No, 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 no. This is, has nothing about doing with whether or not someone votes for Ron DeSantis or not. Okay. I'm just saying. Why would you do this? Why would you send this kind of message? Wouldn't you want to have a more unifying message around an election rather than not? Well, but Trump doesn't work that way. Okay, so let's go. Let's just try to get inside the mind of Donald John Trump, former president of the United States for a second here. Okay, we all know that he is going to be running for president and we're likely to hear an announcement probably the second the polls close on Tuesday, right? Right. Why would why would he do that the second the polls close on Tuesday or maybe even Wednesday morning? Why would he do that? Because he needs to suck the oxygen out of the room, right? Right. Because in his mind, he is the Republican Party. Okay? That's just that simple. He's got to be out in front of this because if he doesn't do it, who has the bully pulpit? Not him. And in, in what what would that do, right? On a political machinations and political calculations standpoint, now he forces the hand of Ron DeSantis at some point, right? Right. Ron DeSantis just got elected, and now now all the questions are going to be about him running for president in 2024. Well, especially since he'll have momentum after that. Again, that's that he's got to suck mm. the oxygen out of the room. Right. The other part of this is that this is just who he is. He thinks he's the funniest guy in the room. He he's just got a, he's got such that narcissistic tendency, right, within him. There's a difference between ego and narcissism, by the way, right? This isn't ego. This is narcissism at work. He what well, Okay. So in his mind, he's got to go there, right? And he's got to do it ahead of the election to set up what he's going to do come Wednesday and going forward because he's going to try to do what? He's going to try to Jeb Bush, Ron DeSantis. 
That's what mm-hmm. he in his mind. That's where he's going. Guarantee you, because what did how did how did he how did Donald John Trump go from laughing stock to oh crap he's a serious candidate to winning? He got there because he painted every single one of the people that popped up in that campaign as the enemy. Think about that. He went, um, you know, the loser Jeb Bush, right? He he's the one who put Jeb Bush into a painted him into a corner, put him in a box, whatever metaphor you want to use, and then showed him to be the fraud that he is. Okay, Marco Rubio, what, look what he did. Look what he did to Ted Cruz eventually, right? So this is what he thinks the blueprint is when it comes to everybody that's going to challenge him in the 2024 field. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Uh, Ron DeSantis has a much stronger resume than any of those individuals that he uh, supports. Right, and we can talk about the political miscalculation here in a second. But right. so, so when you talk about the mindset, if I'm critically thinking through the mindset of why you would do something like this, it's because of his narcissism, number one. It's because he believes that um, he has got to what these he's got to do what he did the last time around, right in in 2016. He has got to come out and control the narrative, if you will, right, and control the well. I'm not sanctimonious, and and now you got to play this this verbal game, right? And every single time, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, right? Uh, I mean, Jeb Bush on the stage and the applause line, and you're supposed to clap. All of that came from what? Trying to trying to out Trump Trump. Right? Right. So at the end of the day, I mean, look at what Trump did and attempted to do to Ted Cruz's family. And Ted Cruz did what? Eventually endorsed him. All hail Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I just I, I just I actually forgot about that until now. Right. So in his mind, he's playing the 2016 um, campaign all over again. I don't think 2016 works in 2024. Right. Because what he's missing here and and what he's not going to understand Mm. and what he doesn't understand is that there are people who, yes, voted for Donald Trump in the 2020 election, but did so by holding their nose. You and me. I think are good examples of this because I couldn't trust Joe Jorgensen to yep. not be a leftist if she were to gain office. I, I couldn't trust that she wouldn't go team BLM. And that was a very important issue for me. And, and when we had her right. on the show, I don't think she did a good enough job of, of, of telling us and giving us the case for why she would have basically endorsed that. Well, it was an individual local thing. A bullshit. It's BLM Inc. They all believe the same thing. They all believe in violence. Why are you talking to them? Why are you giving them oxygen? Is my question. Right. Well, when I look at this election, right, to your point, with Ron DeSantis, with with all of this sort of stuff here, this is an unforced error in my view. Because what does it do? It reminds people of all the things they didn't like about you. And then they're going, wait a second. Ron DeSantis is easily the most popular governor. He's about to win the largest election margin in the history of the GOP in Florida. And nationally, is there a better known name 
in the GOP. No, 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 there isn't. So I mean, on one hand, you've reminded people of how much they dislike your personality hmm. and how much they enjoy Ron DeSantis. Because what have we said on this show, Pat? Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump polished. That's who he is, right? He he is the what did people like about Donald Trump is his un, unafraidness, if you will, right? His unabashed. I'm just going to tell you what I think. But Ron DeSantis does it in a much more clever, polite, if you will, less sanctimonious way. Presidential. It, it feels like whatever you you know, you know, um, whatever you say about you know, I'm like rubber and you're like glue. Whatever bounces off of me sticks to you. Type of a deal. Mm, yeah. Um. It. You're attempting to paint. Ron DeSantis into a corner and Ron DeSantis can just point to every single thing that you have done over the last four years. You're the sanctimonious jackass who shut us down. You're the sanctimonious jackass who did this, 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 right? Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. And you continue to believe in the efficacy of the vaccine, by the way. You continue to believe that this, 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 and this. You have never apologized for this, this, and this, right? You you don't support. Do you support um, uh, Nuremberg, right? The the political miscalculation is that he thinks that Ron DeSantis is Jeb Bush or Marco Rubio. He's neither of those two. And he's smarter than those two. He's smarter than they are. He's got more political clout than they do. And he's got more receipts than they do. Yes, it is true that um, that at the beginning... At the very beginning, Ron DeSantis was pretty much in lockstep with Donald Trump on COVID, right? But yes. he pivoted when he saw the actual information in front of him. He took the stats, the data, and understood. He was outside of Brian Kemp and Christy Nome, who really just, no, we're not doing this, right? From the very get-go. Outside of those two governors, he was the quickest to open a state up. He refused to go down the federal route, and he, you know, he's got the receipts when it comes to COVID, okay, and that response. But it's not just about that. It's about how he has been able to fight the culture war, how he's been able to do all of these things, but do it in a way in which he comes from a position of strength and not jackassery. I mean, you take those two things, COVID and, and the, the cultural war. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Ron DeSantis, you know, going into the 2024 election, I mean, I'm using those two arguments against Donald Trump and, and, and pounding those home. And and really, if, if you do that and you do that well, is there really even an argument for Donald Trump anymore? Especially when you can advocate that I agree with most of his positions, right? Right. When you could talk about the border. You could talk about education. Ron DeSantis has been there. When you talk about stopping the radical transformation of teenagers into whatever the hell they want to mutilate themselves into for whatever bogus ass reason. We all know, Pat, because we've we've both experienced being a teenager, that there are some really weird thoughts that go through your head. Yeah. That doesn't mean you act on all of them mm. or most of them, in fact. Um, but the point of the matter is this. If this is the opening salvo, if this is what he is going to frame, 
his candidacy around, he'd be in trouble. And if I'm Ron DeSantis, I back off. I wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And I I just I just take pot shot after pot shot in the background. I don't even need to take pot shots, right? I just let him keep coming at me. Um, it's kind of like in a bully versus whatever scenario, sometimes you just make the person look stupid. That's how you win, right? Mm. And then, and then once you've made them look stupid, you smack them around, right? Right. You come from I a mean, position of strength, and I think Ron DeSantis would be in a position of strength by just waiting, and and you know ma- making. Trump looks so desperate to have this fight with DeSantis and then just end it in one fell I mean, swoop. It, it, interestingly enough, you could make that same argument back in 2016 where, where Trump made Jeb and Marco Rubio and ultimately Ted Cruz at the end of the day look stupid and then he just kind of beat them around around the room. The difference between the two is, is again, going back to that jackassery, though, and I think right. that's going to be the difference. Right, and that's what I mean. You just let him keep going and keep going and look like the desperate jackass, right? Like, right. like look, you want to call me sanctimonious, right? And mm. you want to call me that, except for you just keep on. Now, you, I, if I'm DeSantis, I to ignore. You just, you just let him. It, it's like the guy who's desperate for a fight, and, and you just keep walking away, right? Well, Trump needs a win. Right. So. Right. It, it's just stupid all the way around. It's the dumbest thing. It is stupid. It's the dumbest thing going in the GOP. I can tell you that much. I mean, here, here's the thing. It would be one thing for Donald Trump to announce, hey, I'm going to run in 2024. It's a whole nother thing to be like, OK, I'm going to I'm going to attempt to put down and make him look bad. My his number one potential political opponent, because really. Really, if you break this down, it's really only going to be between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump going into 2024. I don't even know if there's if it's even necessary for anyone else to run for president. I'm not saying that there won't be. Yeah. No, but, I don't disagree it, with you. I, it's, I just, it's not even necessary. You're probably going to see a Nikki Haley get into the mix or somebody like that um, mm-hmm. coming from the the maybe uh, Christy Noem. Then the nicer than I don't. Christy Noem's not running. No way. Nope. She'll she'll be somebody that that uh, needs to elevate her platform uh, mm-hmm. because she's got some real issues that when people see what she did in South Dakota overall, um, mm-hmm. her ties to some um, politically connected business people and some of those things, she's basically been doing some of the bidding um, kind of a puppet. She needs to stand out from that, right? So what she's going to need to do is become part of a ticket in 2024. She she's going to if she wants national aspirations, she's going to have to become somebody's VP nominee. Well, that's I'm I'm thinking that's why she would run is is to kind of put out like, hey, I'm a good VP pick. No, she doesn't need to do that mm. she, because because she's going to run for what like. She doesn't have the ability to take on a Ron DeSantis. She she needs to stay in the background until it's time for somebody to pick a VP. And then she can do what she needs to do. 
that, that's the reality of the situation, Pat. Um, she needs to not remind people of her negatives. She has them because uh, she's been on programs and been attacked from the right. You know, she she refuses still to to go with the trans athlete band. She she's she's got some things where you don't want to be reminded of. Right. So how do you do that? Like, just stay out of the fray. You don't need to get involved. Now, you could get involved once you think it's down to one or two and you can pick a side, right? You could do that. I'm not saying that. Right. What I am saying is that she needs to stay out of the fray. With that having been said, though, we want to talk about unforced errors. This was Donald Trump's unforced error. He didn't need to do this. Um, even if he wanted to do this later, go for it. Like, if you want to, if this is your campaign strategy, go for it, man. Have at it. I, I don't care about that. This is stupid, though. Three days before what could be a very historic moment for the GOP, right? Across this country, you remind people of all the stupid shit that they had to put up with when it came to you. That's just dumb. Just shut up. Let the GOP earn that victory in the 2022 midterms. The problem, I believe, with Trump want, or with doing that is that Trump doesn't get the credit. And he wants it, right? Trump craves that attention. Trump craves that adoration and praise and da-da-da-da-da. Look at all the MAGA, right? That's going to be his big thing. Look at all the MAGA people that got elected, and it's because I did this, and me, 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 me. That's where this is coming from. If he would just shut up, then on Wednesday or Thursday next week, or this week, should say, come out and be like, I congratulate, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then say, this is a validation of my agenda, right? Of the things that I believe in. Look at what all these people uh, across the country believe in. This is a validation of me. Right. And my, that's how you go about this. You don't even have to talk about Ron DeSantis. You just have to remind people of all the good things, all the things that people got elected upon that you helped with. Don't remind them of all the things they I hate about you. Instead, this well, is what he does. And, and then also trying to divide them at the same time, because like if you're if you're gonna sit there and try to divide those that support Ron DeSantis versus Donald Trump, I mean 2024 could be one in the same. They're one in this at the same pool, right? Right. I know, but but he's gonna try to divide. I'm like, the more you try to divide it, the, the worse it's gonna be for you. Yeah, we'll see on that. We'll see which one, which uh, which idol people will uh, suck up to the most. I we'll guess. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm neither. I mean, we have called out the authoritarianness of of DeSantis on this program. Um, yeah. His his tendency to believe that the the levers of of government are the answer is a little frightening to me. It, uh, but that's that, neither here would, nor there. It, My point being that I I don't have an idol in this this situation there are things i don't like about them things that i like about both of them would i believe one over the other is better for this country yeah a hundred percent um that doesn't mean that i would necessarily support a desantis over a libertarian it depends on who that libertarian candidacy would come from like if it's a spike cohen i i think i can overlook the blm stuff with spike cohen because i know spike cohen to be a man who thinks 
through all of these things and would be a strong leader because he is one. Right. And it, however, I would say this because I'm of the two of us, I'm probably more right leaning than you are. If, and I'm not saying that I'm, I'm just sold on anyone because I'm not, I'm, I'm open to, to hearing out different arguments and hearing from other candidates, including a libertarian candidate. Um, if the election were held today, if it were held today, I would, I would most likely vote for Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I'd have to see who the libertarian candidate is before I make that decision. But, but yeah, uh, with that being said though, Pat, um, both sides are dumb today. Both sides are yeah, dumb. Yeah, both sides are dumb. Yeah, um, that's, that's true. Your final thoughts. And, and, um, it's my birthday week in my birthday month. So, uh, you better up your, uh, present game here, Pat. Okay, well, um, let's see. Don't get lost. Okay. Remember who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No means no. Except for when it doesn't. No, no, no always means no. No always means no. Okay. Uh -huh. You really, really ought to so, understand that. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. Okay. And then, and then today's today's gift is going to be a um, box of Buckeyes. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew five forty seven. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.